friends, thanks for being with us again this week. I am Jamie Virgin with Sinclair Broadcasting in Laredo, Texas this week for a new edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. You need a member of Congress that understands trade and security, the balance between trade and security, not just say close the whole border. You can't close the whole border. One of the most important congressional races and not a lot of national attention was put on was for District 28. The incumbent, Henry Cuellar, the most conservative Democrat in Congress, was trying to keep his seat against Republican newcomer Cassie Garcia, a former staffer for Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Now, why is this seat so important? Well, the person who holds it right now, the incumbent, who just won re-election, sits on the House Appropriation Committee, which means he's basically the checkbook, or they're the checkbook of Congress. He also sits on the Homeland Security Committee, with a huge chunk of District 28 on the border. Cuellar spends a lot of time talking about immigration and not always following party lines. Talking about the border, that was one of the top three issues across the country. What are you hearing going all the way up? Because your district now goes up to Guadalupe County and all the way to the border. You know, one of the things I've been doing for the last couple of years, talking about the border, and people understand that I take a very strong position when it comes to the border. Look, I believe in immigration reform, but I believe in law and order. Law and order is very important, and that's why people here in Webb County and Zapata and the other areas have supported me by almost 70% because they know the work that I've done for border security. And that's one of the reasons, if you notice, they never talked about border security uh, with me. They never said I had the wrong position. They never told me that I had the wrong position on oil and gas or the other issues because they knew I was right. And that's why the negative attacks came in at a heavy millions of dollars. But the people of South Texas and San Antonio saw through those negative attacks and they still got here in my home county 73% on uh, early vote. Other places 73, 74%. So that means that people, you know, saw through those negative ads and that's what they support you. I'm strong on border security, good for education and health care. And by the way, in this area we brought over $1.6 billion of transportation dollars. It's very exciting. Uh, I don't think a lot of people, well, I've never been out to campaign any other place, but I'm pretty sure this is a very Laredo thing where people come with music, uh, trying to make it more of a party and more uh, welcoming to people who are not really used to voting and they want to make it for basically anybody in any type of background that can just come and your vote does count no matter how many years you've been here. Especially here in Laredo, a lot of people don't vote. So they're trying to make it more accommodating for people to come here and vote. Among those we found out at the busiest polling site in Laredo, where one third of the votes are cast, was the head of the Webb County Republican Party, who also explains why immigration is so important, especially down here during these midterm elections. 
tell me about the importance of this district that goes all the way to San Antonio and down to the valley. Exactly. This is, a, this is one of the areas that has been controlled for many, many years under one mindset. We are here to make sure that the, the change happens uh, because people are voting for the values, the, the traditional and, and uh, values, conservative values that we have here is the, in, in the Webb County, South Texas area. Which deals, which deals with uh, the, the wall, which deals uh, with uh, the illegal immigration, which deals with defunding the police, and, and other issues that are important, tabletop uh, issues that, are, that we've been speaking about. So let me ask you this. I mean, many people complain, immigration, let them in, don't let them in, but you guys live at the border. Correct. So you have more of a stake, I believe, we, in all of this. We see it on a daily basis, the, the illegals that are coming in. We're not against immigration. We are for immigration, but there's a process that has to be followed. When you do not follow that process, you lose the law and order. And when you lose law and order, it becomes chaotic. So we do not want to lose that. We want to keep the law and order. There's a way of doing things, and immigration is more than welcome, but through the proper process. For you personally, I mean, do you vote straight Republican or do you? Being the chair for the Webb County Republican Party, absolutely, I'm voting straight uh, Republican. And, and, it's, and it's our duty to support the values of the people because that's what it is. We're supporting the candidates and support the thinking and the, and the mindset of the people here in, here in the Webb County area. And the reason I asked you that, because there's so many independents up for grab this midterm election. Correct. What would you say to the independents that are still going, I'm going to choose depending on the person and not the party. Correct. And that's exactly what it should be. And again, the, the candidates that are running Republican as here in South Texas reflect the values, reflect the family values, the educational values, the religious values, the, and, and all, the, all the conservative values that we're doing. And so they should be looking at those uh, candidates that, that will represent us here in South Texas, which is the conservative uh, way of thinking. In order to vote Republican, if people vote in the 28th Congressional, they would get rid of one of the highest ranking in the House Appropriations, which would that be a loss, though, for Texas? I don't think so, because, you know, everything is proportional. Everything is, is, is uh, uh, if they're, that's going to be replaced with someone that will always, always continue to look at South Texas, and we will continue receiving the monies that uh, are due to us because we as taxpayers are, are returned, uh, have money to return on that. Okay, anything else you wanted to add? Well, I think this is a tremendous day. We are hoping that uh, we have the triple threat uh, win. You know, Myra Flores, uh, Veronica de la Cruz, uh, Cassie Garcia, all of them a win, uh, which would be a tremendous representation of what we are here in South Texas. And while everyone was voting, immigration continued along the border with Mexico. As our sister station in El Paso, KFOX, reported this week, while the cartels and coyotes are getting richer, taxpayers in El Paso are footing the bill for some of the immigrants who are getting injured and even losing their lives going over the fence built by President Trump discovered in a tiny stash house in El Paso yesterday. Cartels that run smuggling operations have made clear they don't care if migrants die trying to make it here, and they don't care who pays for their medical care if migrants are hurt. As a result, El Paso now leads the nation in the number of pylon injuries being treated, and it's directly related to the border wall and cartels. Criminal organizations have developed this uh, 
operational enterprise that has become a multi-billion dollar business a year. El Pasoans are inadvertently footing part of the bill for criminal organizations raking in billions of dollars from the illicit profits of human smuggling by paying for treatment of traumatic injuries from the border wall where cartels abandon migrants. We've seen uh, a wide variety of uh, injuries from a sprained ankle like I was uh, just mentioning to people losing their lives instantly from the impact of the fall. El Paso Border Patrol has made about 500 rescues this year, many at the border wall. They stabilize the migrants' injuries, put them in an ambulance, and follow them to University Medical Center, the county hospital that runs in large part on El Paso taxpayer dollars. The majority of these falls result in injuries that you might experience if, say, you fell off of a roof. And this roof isn't even as high as parts of the border wall. As a result, El Paso is experiencing a fast-growing record of pylon injuries. What's involved in a pylon injury in simple terms is that your tibia and ankles accordion or split apart from the impact of the fall. We are the busiest in the country. You know, when you look at it over the last two years, we've seen an astronomical rise in the number of these border wall injuries. Dr. Rajiv Rajani oversees orthopedics for Texas Tech Physicians of El Paso who do the surgeries at UMC to fix these injuries. These are treatments that really cost in high five figures, low six figures with the amount of hospitalization, the implants that we use to fix them, uh, the, the time and resources of the physicians and nursing care that these patients undergo. So how much is it costing El Paso taxpayers to treat these injuries at our county hospital? Well, UMC has always maintained that it doesn't track migrants, so they don't know what country patients are from, nor can they tell us how many of these injuries have been sustained by migrants, which means they can't tell us how much it's costing taxpayers to pay for these migrants who may not have insurance to cover the cost. All they'll say is that they are reimbursed by the federal government, even though they don't ask for a specific amount. This is from 2000 to end of 2021. And as you can see, it goes straight up. These each The bars represent numbers of patients, okay? Right. So just 2020 and 2021, we have 400. Okay, that's two years. That's more than all the other years combined. Critical care director Dr. Susan McLean has studied border crossing injuries since 2017 and her work on barrier falls is published by the Pan American Health Organization, an international health agency that works with countries to improve and protect people's health. And then after publishing the article on people falling, if you will, from the bridges, we all noticed, everyone who takes a call for trauma noticed in the last two years, there's more and more people coming for the border wall. Some of the injuries are significant. I mean, some have even had spinal cord injuries. And that obviously means it's costing more to treat these injuries. We're talking about a fall that it averages between 20 to 30 feet high. Border Patrol agents say you cannot blame the wall itself. Migrants don't determine where they're gonna cross. It's the criminal organizations that tell them where and when they're going to cross. Agents place the blame of these injuries and deaths directly on cartels. This is the part that they hook up to the top of the border barrier, that, that rebar. And you see how flimsy they are. And to make it worse, the migrants are generally abandoned at the wall, left to fend for themselves with flimsy devices. I've seen where the migrant, it's already on top of the border barrier, they get scared, and the smugglers just 
yanked the, the ladder. And so we went from having maybe around 20 to 50 a year to we're talking overall into the hundreds of them uh, every year. And many of those requiring, if not almost all of them, require some form of surgical treatment. What makes these, these um, injuries challenging, whether they come from the border wall or they come from someone falling off a roof, uh, is that they usually wind up in a lot of pieces and sometimes the, the bone comes through the skin, which makes uh, the reconstruction particularly challenging. This is a very unique thing, right? We don't have this across the country. And Border Patrol agents say it's unique because El Paso doctors are by and large saving these migrants with traumatic injuries. Of the 63 deaths this year, most have been in the desert, exposed to the elements and animals, or drowning in the Rio Grande. These people live through this, they still are alive, but they have life-changing injuries that really affect their ability to function as a worker, as a parent, and all sorts of things that they do at their home. So regardless, our county hospital says since it does not track nationality, it cannot divulge how much of the cost of saving injured migrants from the border wall is being shouldered by El Paso taxpayers. From El Paso, 829 miles away to the Rio Grande Valley, where a new caravan has arrived of Haitian asylum seekers. And the number of Venezuelans there is also growing. Our field producer in Mexico interviewed this week a woman who's trying to help with a new process set up by ICE for those who want to apply for asylum and must wait on the other side, on the Mexican side of the border, until immigration in the U.S. calls them. With the help of a translator, Gladys Gagne explains in Spanish to the French Creole translator how the system works. In all, 2,300 have arrived in the month of October to Matamoros. That includes Venezuelans like Jocelyn, whom you will meet this week in my TV story, which will be online on November 15th. Friends, that's all for now. Thank you for joining us again this week for Immigration Crisis, The Fight for the Southern Border. If you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so by sending me an email to y v i r g i n at sbgtv.com. You can also find me on all the social media platforms, including Facebook, Insta, Twitter, and TikTok under Jami Virgen. That's it for now. I'm Jami Virgen with Sinclair Broadcasting in Texas. Until next time.